For all of you who listen to Submersion and own an Android device, go to the Google Play Store and download the Podcast Republic app. It's a fantastic app that allows you to get all of your favorite podcasts directly on your Android device. I personally use the app and I love it. I can search for the podcast I want to listen to, select it as a favorite, and have it just a click away. Make sure to select Submersion as a favorite so you don't miss any of our new episodes. Again, the app is the Podcast Republic app, available on Android devices. Episode 112. Woo! Yas! Happy to be here. Oh, He's back. That's good. We're well, glad you're back. here. Baby, we I'm back. You. Good. Baby, I'm, I'm back. back. I'm back. Wow. Zach I was is wrong. back. Don't I worry. I just can't live without Zach. You can't get rid of me that easy. I'm talking to the listeners. I'm not talking to you guys. Oh, okay. You'll show up? Yeah, you know, I'm not leaving. So, if you were happy last two weeks, well, buckle in. I'm back. Great. And listenership has dropped off substantially due to Zach's return. Do you have a constant constant counter near you that tells you how many listeners we have live? Yep, all the time. Or at zero. As soon as they heard Zach, it just started di- 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 going <laughs> Went down. Went to zero? Oh, my God. Man. We were, what about we... all the bots? <laughs> well, the bots are going strong. Okay, good. Because we don't have that, you know, recaptcha set up where it says, if this is a picture of Zach, please click on it. We don't have that type of thing set up yet. Click all the Zachs in this click picture. Click a picture of Zach. <laughs> <laughs> just different faces of just, oh my God. You just have to guess. You're like, ah, uh, uh, that guy looks like a Zach. Yeah, uh, right. What does Zach's look like? We're going to break listens this month again, which is the first time. Don't jinx it. We're doing it. We're doing it, and I'm calling I'm calling all of our listeners to action. Share this podcast with your friends. Help us break it in style. Let's get the biggest let's get it let's get the biggest month we've had ever. And I promise you you're calling them to action. I promise I will call personally every listener of ours and talk to them on the phone. Well, that's right. really good. Wow. That's yeah. pretty cool. I'm raising yeah. the stakes. I'm raising the stakes. I got a twenty sided die right here. And I'm going to roll it. And if we hit a crit, that means every listener can do what, Kyle? They get a free corn dog. Okay. That's that. That's wow. that's in history on, that's recorded, it's set in stone. Didn't and say what who if, was giving away these corn dogs. What, um. what if we get a one? What do we do? Just quit the podcast? <laughs> yeah, then the podcast is <laughs> I over. that's fair, right? Yeah. Okay. Let's do or die right now. Here one or 20? 14. Oh, oh my God. Oh. <laughs> Playing Man. Russian roulette. Roll it again. Double okay. or nothing. <laughs> Double. <laughs> it went off the table. Doesn't count. Doesn't count. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh. Anyways, uh, we are in the third week of anime month. Pretty exciting stuff. And I hate that. I hate that I've missed the last two because I was really looking forward to this month. You know, I do like well, my share of anime. You're like the last one, maybe. You could do without. Yeah, you could skip that one, probably. Definitely got to check out Space Battleship Yamato, though. Mm-hmm. As a non-anime fan, but a fan of submarines, that was a pretty awesome show. It was. Let's see how tonight stacks up. Dive, 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 dive! 
what began as an innocent conversation among friends would soon spiral out of control and later be referred to by future generations as the eighth wonder of the modern world. Mac East Studios takes you on the journey of your lifetime as your captains, the artist formerly known as Brahm, Jamie the Ointment, Kyle El Capitan, and the gruesome twosome present Submersion. I've missed that. Now, I do have to say, because last week I had said that I want, I really wanted that lightning strike again, like I had on all the Godzilla uh, intros. There was a wicked big storm came in and I set my recorder down just at the right time. And I got this awesome lightning strike, but it was so loud. It shook my garage so hard. It knocked something right off the wall. So then there's all this metal clattering in the middle. Wow. Of just, that's wow, that's yeah. intense. I know. So maybe I can use that one. There's a little bit of an extra effect, but yeah, it was, it was pretty wild. That's got to be an intense storm. Oh, we get an intense storms around here. That's they awesome. It was, pretty, it was short. I mean, it was yeah. <laughs> right in the morning. I was like, what the heck is going on? And then it was... This morning's? No, 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 no. Not this morning. Oh, okay. Because we, we had a line of storms weekend. move in through mid-Ohio today. It was quick, but kind of wicked. Mm. Ours, yeah, you're probably getting our sloppy impressive. seconds there. Hmm. I was. I thought it was a little lackluster. Welcome to Stormcast, where we discuss every storm that rolls through. What ste- uh, What season is that? Stormcast. I yeah, think yeah. Stormcast is just storm an adjacent. Movies? Storm movies are pretty no. good, though. Twister. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say bump this one up because yeah, I want to watch Day After Tomorrow again. So oh, Geostorm. Yeah, I was gonna. I knew Hard we're going there. Geostorm. Hard Rain's a fun one because that one is the one where they rob a bank in the middle of a. A storm, which is kind of the same as Hurricane Heist, but made like two oh, decades earlier. Perfect. That's just looting. No, no. They just you're using the storm as a cover to perform a heist. Perfect mm-hmm. storm. What other storm movies yes. can we think of? Does uh, Castaway count? There's that big storm that happens. That well, I mean, the if, you, movie, if you right? the day after this, tomorrow. If you take this uh, podcast as guidance, then definitely Castaway counts. Right, <laughs> Maybe good, a mini-sode. Yeah. Isn't, isn't there that, that that storm movie that like takes place right at daybreak in something with maybe like a red planet or something? Mm. Oh. Mm. Red planet. Never heard of it. trying to keep us on rails? Trying. That's right. Yeah. Trying. So he's, he's reeling it back in because what did we watch oh, this week? Rocket Man. There's a storm <laughs> in that. <laughs> That's true. Is there a storm in The Martian as well? There's a lot of Mars... Storms, right? I think there is a, oh, Mars, a Martian storm. A, there, there's yeah. a storm. Yeah, it's the one the that Martian, that's yeah. the one that does all the issues. That causes all the issues, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Great book too. Mm-hmm. If you haven't read it. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, anyway, I'm digging storm month. I mean, I think there's a whole bunch of airplane turbulence starring Ray Liotta. Well, good lord! If we're talking turbulence, then you can t- talk about any airplane movie. No, no, no. I'm saying the name of the the movie is Turbulence. Oh, okay. There's a storm in it causing the turbulence. Anyways, Kyle's what did we watch? Name? Yeah. <laughs> we watched the anime Mars Day Break. I'd never day heard break, of one. Day Break's one word. I was going to say, the way you said that, Kyle, kind of made it sound like three words, and that's incorrect. Sorry. Um, hold on. Hold on. We watched Mars Day Break. There nice. you go. It's better. 
Still not perfect, but no. The break? Well, you kind of sound yeah, like the the, there's Mars like a day colon, colon there or something. But uh, there's a little bit of a Mars day break. There you go. But then that's just me speeding it up, so I got to say it slow. Mars day break. Okay. Listeners okay, so are li- loving listeners, this right now. Yeah, now listeners, go back and right listen now. to this at 1.5 speed and then change it back to one speed now. So, Okay, and perfect. It all, blend all right, together. they've got it. They've got it. So this is a 2004? Yes. Anime? Perfect. I'm that good. And it's something else. <laughs> okay, there we go. What an intro. <laughs> all right, let's just jump into yeah. reviews. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, yeah. we should say like um, so. The studio that did the produce this and everything was Bones, right? And they're big in the anime industry. Mm-hmm. And um, did we all do the first three episodes? Yes. yes. Is, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. With the English dub, anybody get to watch the English dub? I did not watch I the dub. Not. I watched the just the English subtitles. I did the three English dub, and then I watched the um, uh, some of the next one without the dub. Interesting. Uh, but apparently there's some there's some top quality voice acting talent on this. Uh, almost would want to tap an expert on this to tell us who, who's who because we're not the anime guys. But Johnny Young Bosch or Johnny mm. Young Bosch. Uh, apparently he's a he's a heavy hitter in the uh, anime world. Uh, lent his voice to the main character Graham. Uh, and I, I could have swore I recognized the uh, pirate captain, um, big brawny lass. Um, she's she had uh, she had a she had a voice actor that I, I feel like I recognized too. It kind of sounded like maybe the person that did the voice for like Ash Ketchum or something from Pokemon or something. I'm not sure. I don't know. Again, I don't know my uh, voice actors, but I guess I got Johnny Young Bosch is a, is a big one. He played the main character. And this is, and that's only in the voiceover, not in the Japanese original. Uh, that's a good question. I think it's the English no, dub. That's the English, English dub. dub. Yeah. John, Johnny Young Bosch. I've got it all up here. It is the English dub yeah. part of the Mars Daybreak English dub cast. Yeah, is Johnny Young Bosch voicing Graham River? Yeah, apparently he was Ichigo Kurosaki from Bleach, or I think I've heard it pronounced Black or something crazy like that. Kaneda from Akira. Uh, yeah, he, was the he, black, was in, he was the Black Ranger in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. And a bunch of the right? Power Rangers, yeah. I, well, uh, I, think, I think the thing is, is I think because of how the Power Rangers was, right, there's live acting and then there's voiceover of Japanese show. He did the voice of the Black Ranger when, they, when it was like fighting in a suit. This is Johnny? I think so. Okay. I think yeah, that's he how also, it worked. It was different voice actors than, he, he's, than the He's actors. frequently voiced um, Zero from the Mega Man series in a lot of these battle games. Even like super, even as, early, uh, as recent as Super Smash Brothers Ultimate, he voiced Zero. Hmm. Along with, apparently, Artemis, the cat from Sailor Moon series. Oh. He's also in Final Fantasy VII Remake, doing voices in there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's been in a lot of different stuff. Tons of stuff. Video games and animes like... Oh, at first I was really excited. I thought this was, I immediately thought it was our beloved monster Baragon, but it's Bakugan, so. Baragon, I forgot about uh, him. I love Baragon. Close. Flipping close. Never forget. The one who was forgot. Oh. <laughs> All right. 
so anyway, should we do? Should we get into this kind of the background of kind really of the fast, plots and really stuff? Really fast, really uh, fast. Not to interrupt you. Apparently, uh, I got my notes here from Khan, our friend that was able to supply us with uh, our notes here. Uh, Steve Bloom, who played Yagami, is a is a big is a big time voice actor. Uh, and yep, and Johnny Unbosh, who we mentioned. So okay, sorry to interrupt. Well, anyways, I wanted to kind of give a little bit of background on the plot before we jump into it. Because we kind of jump in, and, and Kyle, you didn't pull any audio or anything. Like, we don't have the um, the theme song for this guy? No, I don't. And it wouldn't have mattered anyway. It's all in uh, Japanese. It's true. And it's only funny I mean, not that if you can read it. It mattered, but. Ouch. Our, sorry. Our Japanese audience would have loved it. Mm-hmm. But the rest of the world. You guys might have. I loved it. I was jamming not done to it. as well with it. So. Yeah, I, if you if you have a, have a chance, check it out. Uh, just be on Tubi because it uh, it has some funny lyrics. It's a uh, if you they give the translation of the lyrics, which I'm sure is funny for a lot of songs, both English and Japanese. But this one's funny. It's like my hopes and dreams on the wind, and I like am sitting there on the crossroads, and a bunch of the statements that don't really make a lot of sense. Um, I thought it was very but upbeat. sound good in Japanese. I enjoyed the opening and the closing credits. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, kind of the concept before we even jump into it, just cause it, it, it jumps into the plot pretty quickly is like Mars is a, is now covered in water other than, uh, the highest peak Olympus, uh, Mons, uh, but it's almost virtually all water. And part of that was they terraformed it to make it all water to, because they exported water as part of like a war or like a trade war of some sort or something. And recently there's been, or, you know, somewhat recently, there's been an armistice to st- of peace that has made it basically worthless. All this water is cheap and not a very good um, export. So the planet is very poor and is kind of being subsidized by Earth. And so um, it's kind of like a lot of very, very poor people. They're kind of doing just basic work. They're still exporting some water and exporting some other things, but otherwise they just live on these like floating cities, these ships that are like full-size cities. Um, and everyone's very poor. So that kind of sets up kind of the idea of the pirates that are a big part of, of the show. Right guys, did Wait, I miss anything? That is all in the theme song? No, no. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, what the hell, dude? I don't remember that at all. No, no, no. The theme song, I was saying the theme song is silly because it's just got some funny lyrics to it where they're talking about hopes and dreams and wind and stuff. Um, okay. But I just wanted to give a little background before we jump into kind of the main plot because they, they don't really, they explain that slowly over the entire uh, series. So it's it's not like there's a moment where they kind of exposition give you that. So. I was just giving some right. exposition. And we only watched the first three episodes, yeah. so we're not going to get much of that explanation. Uh, I don't really think any at all. But. No, we got some, because basically where we open, we have a ship traveling to Mars, and it's got mostly soldiers on it with some other people as well um, coming from Earth. And they're basically like, okay, get ready. You're going to be you know, part of um, protecting you know, the Mars city and look out your window and we're going to be making our descent. And they're going to a, uh, a city called, what was the city called? Mars. They lived on? Adina. So they are, they're, they're going to Adina. It, they, 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 I don't think they pronounced it that way, right? Wasn't it Adina? Sure. Adina. I think it was Adina. Adina. And, uh, they, uh, on there is a soldier named Vess, um, who was kind of a Debbie Downer of sorts. She's kind of looking out there and be like, whatever. I don't even care. 
and she's kind of like right down to business. And she's also not taking a lot of. I, I really liked her character because she wasn't taking a lot of shit. Yeah. Uh, that people were throwing around. So when she arrives, is kind of this uh, misogynistic, lazy kind of piece of shit. Um, you know, corporal or whoever who's in charge of stuff, and he's kind of like. They, they keep everything really stuffy, so they're like, oh, isn't it kind of stuffy? And he's kind of like to the ladies, like, well, why don't you just, like, open your shirts a little bit? Uh, and she's like, uh, screw off. And then he keeps Dude, on, One like, immediately does, though. Yeah, one does. <laughs> oh, cool. And that, but, like, even at one point, he tries to, like, uh, you know, touch her at, like, a lunch, and she, like, grabs his arm, and she's just not taking any shit from this guy. And I, I actually kind of really like that, especially considering the last anime we had just watched um that i wasn't loving a lot of the, the tones of it uh this one came in it's and also I, nice in this one too that uh all these people were not uh you know teenagers mm-hmm. yes she definitely felt so more adult and more um kind of autonomous and in control of herself and kind of knowing what she wants so she, she i mean i guess i guess part of it's supposed to be she's a little bit angry you don't know why uh, you come to kind of realize her backstory involving her family who's um, in trouble a little bit with the law and she doesn't like that. And then she has this background of being kind of having grown up poor on Mars and then being adopted and taken to Earth. And now she's coming back to this place that she was like living in the slums. And that seems to be like kind of part of the issue as well. Here she's returning, having escaped this place. And now she's like a soldier protecting the place that she like had spent her life trying to escape. So it kind of sucks for her. Because Mars never lets you get away. You can't get away from it. We can take the girl out of Mars, but you can't take the Mars out of the girl. Am I right, guys? Oh, snap. And we didn't get the opportunity to watch the whole series, but it does appear based on cover art, imagery, opening credits and stuff that she seems to be one of the main characters, if not like the main character. Well, I would hope because we opened with her. And anyways, she she arrives and yeah, she's in this like little unit and they, they, they fight in these robot things. Well, I guess they, they kind of have like a little ship that they go into the water and they protect the the shitty, the city ship um, by sending out these things called round bucklers. Um, and they're connected to their little ship and they're like little robots that they control with a cable. Um, there's also round bucklers that pirates use. They're protecting the city uh, ship from pirates where you can actually be in it. So there's kind of like the unmanned round bucklers, the RBs, and then there's the manned RBs. I didn't get um, the terminology here. Why they called they were they're mechs. They're like underwater mechs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, aquatic round bucklers. I didn't get the reference. I, I don't know because round bucklers. What is that? It's like a shield or something. Yeah, bucklers are shields that you can like uh, strap onto your arm. They're small. Yeah, I, I guess know. maybe 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 part of it's coming from the fact that they're like these things that shoot off of um, of like a larger ship. So they're almost supposed to be like small shields for this larger city ship. Yeah. Okay. I, I think know. you're looking way too into it, but probably. Uh, I, I, I mean, mean, that sounds pretty legit. I like it being called. I mean, a round buckler at least sounds cool. I mean, at least it's different from just another mech, right? I mean, I like that at least. Send w- would, a mech. Would you wear uh, an article of clothing if it were called a round buckler, Zach? Would I wear it? Do we? Yeah. Do, would I know what it is? No. It's, it's probably like, a hey, belt. Are you guys? Yeah. Are yeah, you like a belt it? buckle. <laughs> yeah, I'd wear it. I would absolutely round wear buckler. a round buckler. You're making would, inferences. We don't know if it's an, a, belt, a belt buckler. I would give a compliment. I'd be like, Ben, that's a very nice round buckler you've got today. In fact, shouldn't belts be called bucklers? That only makes sense. Round Let me buckle buckler. this belt. Let me buckle this buckler. Now, I'd have a square buckler. 
usually, but oh. then maybe I'd have a fancy round buckler for when I'm going for a hoedown. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways, she's she's <laughs> one of the main characters. She's arrived on Mars. She's going to be one of the ones protecting it uh, using these round bucklers. Uh, we also hear about these pirates. They're kind of considered like Robin Hoods of sort. They're coming in. They steal from the city ships, but then distribute to the poor of the, you know, uh, poor workers that kind of are everywhere because Mars is poor. And we that's how they kind of introduce us to our main character, Graham, Graham River. And he's working in what looks like just kind of like a junkyard. And he's told by his uh, friend Bon, this the kind of little guy, kind of a kid, right? Or is he just a little person? I I think he's a kid. I think he's a kid, right? Okay, anyways. Yes. So It'd be better if he wasn't, though. Yeah, so he's a kid, and he's basically like, yo, stop working. Like, they're not paying us. Look at all those people. They're complaining and trying to get paid. So don't you work anymore because they're not going to pay you. And Graham's, I mean, part of his character is kind of he's a little bit like, eh, go with the flow. Like, he's like, eh, they're not paying us. Fine. Not working. Like, aren't you going to go argue? Uh, and Graham's like, no, they're not going to pay us. And so then he walks off and they're like, oh, look, they're giving away some food. And so you can kind of see how Mars is like doing really poorly. And so there's like a the person who runs Mars is saying how they're getting more subsidies from Earth. And they're like, Ugh, whatever. And there's being food given out. So they get food. They bring it back to Bond's little sister. Um, and they kind of live next to each other. Graham lives in the, the house next door. And uh, he's got a visitor. Just kind of like this old guy there. And the old guy's like, we're stealing some desiccants. So they have all this drying material because everything's so wet on this this planet and like the poor uh, the poor people of Mars need to have this desiccant to like dry stuff out, I think. I think that's what it is. And it so it's very valuable. And so he's like we're going to we're going to you just tell me how to get in to the place where this desiccant is. We'll do the rest and I'll I'll make you a cut. And Graham's not having any of it, any of it. He just wants to he just wants to earn money and he wants to earn money however way he can, but he's not into getting to some bullshit with this like con artist. And he's like, whatever. So that he gets all angry, but Bond's listening and unbeknownst to Graham heads off with the old person. And only later when his sister comes in and tells Graham, like he left, he went with that old person is Graham like, shit, really? Of all the things, like I have to go rescue this guy. So he runs, he's like, okay, stay by yourself. He runs after finds Bond loading up the desiccant with this old guy just as the guards of Mars come in and break it all up, break up the smuggling Dude, operation. right there? I think you just made a heck of a book title or something, man. Hmm? The Guards of Mars? The mm, Guards like of Mars? The gu- Guards of Mars? John Guards Car- of Mars! John Carpenter's Guards of Mars. Guards of Mars. Now, that sounds pretty legit. All right. And so... <laughs> <laughs> that's, have you ever seen Ghost Thanks, Kyle. No problem. That's what I'm here to do, guys, is to just derail Jamie for a few seconds. Do you believe, talk about the do you believe in Ghosts of Mars? I haven't seen it, but it you is, told us it's ghosts bad. Out there, right? It is hilarious. Uh, so anyways, the Ghosts of Mars come in, and they're like breaking up the smuggling operation. Graham kind of shows his stuff. He's just like, I don't know if it's the point is like he's a chosen one or if he's just like a Han Solo type character. Cause I was getting a little bit of vibes to like Solo, the movie Solo at this point with Graham. Uh, he's kind of like too cool for school, but he's also like super, super talented somehow and doing all this stuff. And he's able to get out of a, out of the scrape pretty handily. Like he jumps into like a, like a little like crane. He like drives away. He does like backflips with his crane. Is like crazy? Um, yeah, dude, this guy, this guy went to backhoe school like, 
it was his job, man. I, well, I don't know how the heck you even learned those mo- those moves. I don't know either. Like planted the bucket right in the ground and then like flipped it flipped all the way over. over. Yeah, and then but like unbeknownst, he, he doesn't know it, but like the the pirate ship Aurora is there, has kind of like come out uh, of hiding. Vests and stuff are out there trying to like um, stop them uh, at that point, but they've got this guy named like the Reaper or whatever, and he's going out and like crushing everyone. And Vess is super into the idea, I'm going to take this Reaper out. Um, uh, and so, you know, he's, they're doing their thing out there and the pirate ship decides, you know, we're going to ram into this, uh, into the bay. So like anyone's in there, better watch out. And Graham's down there. And so this, the pirate ship like comes in, rams a hole into the area, the docking area and floods it with water. He's just able to get Bon out of there, but he gets sucked out of the hole. And it's like floating in the water while this like battle's going on with a bunch of round bucklers, pirate round bucklers, and like the uh, Mars round bucklers. And he's just floating there, and you're like, oh, he's dead. But he's got this like little necklace, which we never, we, we, since we didn't watch enough episodes, we never really knew or found out much about. But it seems to indicate that it like sends out like a little signal. And out of nowhere, this super cool round buckler, the same round buckler that the Reaper, this, or is that his name? Yagami. Yeah. Yagami the Reaper is using where everyone's like, he's the best. He's, he's got this, whatever. He's like the best. Same type comes up and, and just puts them right in there. And all of a sudden, there's our, our boy Graham in this, uh, this round buckler being like, oh shit, what do I do now? And he's like trying to run away. He's kind of naturally pretty talented at it. So he's like fending off the people that come after him. And kind of at the last moment, the Reaper comes up, Yagami, and grabs him and takes him back to the pirate ship. And is that the end of the first? Yeah, it might be here that they kind of uh, start to show that he's a wanted criminal now, Graham mm-hmm. is, and mm-hmm. uh, his, his so little brother end, yeah, friend right. Bond sees him, and uh, yeah, Vess, so he, Vess he's sees on him the, as well on the news. Yeah, so he's on the pirate ship, and they're like, you've got this round buckler. That's crazy. How'd you get it? And he just like, I don't know, I was just picked up in the ocean. And they're like, the, the pirate captain's like, hey, do you want like a, make a quick buck? You help us do this job that we're doing. And we'll like cut you in for a little bit, like 50 bucks or whatever. And he's like, yeah, because he's always looking to make money. Obviously, he wants to get off of, off of Mars if he can. And so he shows up on these televisions as being part of the gang. He's got the lowest of low, like bounties on his head, 100 bucks or whatever. But a bunch of people see him, including... Bon and uh, uh, Vess in particular. Vess is like, holy shit. And you don't know why. Like At first, I thought she was focusing on the necklace. Like, she recognized the necklace. But she actually recognizes him as, like, a person. Yep. And that's the end of the first episode. Right? That's it. Good first episode. Yeah. I liked it. Good introduction. Yeah. Good um, intro. And then we open to the next one, and he's kind of just hanging out on the on the ship right the very first scene is what is the actual vest scene where she she notices him it wasn't at the end of the uh first episode but yeah i mean for the most part yeah it starts with him uh and he's got to kind of prove his worth to the pirates now they're they're wanting to challenge him and the captain right uh, comes out and uh, challenges him to a sword fight 
Yeah, he's not sure he wants to join the gang, like, officially or not. Like, he's kind of waffling. But when they mention the fact that he can make, like, a whole bunch more money, he kind of is more into that idea um, than anything else. Like, he's 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 pretty into that. And um, so he's like, okay, fine, I'll stick around, but I can leave whenever I want, right? And the, and the, the captain's like, yes, but it, we also need to, like, accept you. So it's not – you don't just say, like, I'm part of your crew. Like, you have to prove yourself. And so they have this big sword fight. And it looks like he – He seems like he's doing, like, okay. He's, like, holding his own in the sword fight. But it looks like he loses at the end. And it's like, oh, you're going to be gone. But it turns out that he, like, was able to cut the ribbon on the captain's hair or something uh, without her knowing. And that, like, she's like, okay, you you, you know, you're good by me. And there's, like, a big celebration. And he's all all mopey because, like, the food's bad. Like, again, he's, like, very, like, go with the flow. Like, and one of the things is, like, he wants to eat good food. He wants to make money. And he, that's like all he, he, that's what he cares about. He doesn't care about um, camaraderie or being a pirate for the rest of his life or Robin Hood shit or any of this kind of stuff. You know, he's more about whatever, making some, he make, wants to make a buck and that's what he's doing. It introduces some of the other characters on the, on the, on the boat here too. There's like, yeah. uh, there's these, I guess they're this called ball, balls, robots. Oh, yeah. um, there's one called Grandpa who's got a personality. He's kind of one of the main crew members. It does a lot of repairs and stuff. There's a talking cat, yep. of course. Yep. Why not? Yeah. There's, yeah, we didn't really uh, get, there was very little explanation about any of this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there was Poi Poiter, who is a beluga whale in a mech suit. Like it's literally, literally a beluga whale. And Again, no explanation. Everyone just seems to be like, yep, obviously. <laughs> Blue the whale in a mech suit. Um, yeah, we talked about the Motley crew they had on uh, Space Battleship Yamato, but this this really pulled the trump card out, in my mind. Right. And so um, he... Uh, is this point they're going to sell the desiccate? Is this is, is in the second episode where they decide yeah. to sell the the desiccate? Yes. And they're going to sell it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, we're selling it actually under value. Like we could have gotten way more money for it, but um, you know we're Robin Hoods, obviously. Duh, yep. Uh, yep. patent pending, uh, and we will sell it to this guy who promises to distribute it for free. Fine, and Graham's looking at the video and sees the old man con man is like. Fuck this. Hell to the no. Are you going to sell it to that dude? He is a con artist and he almost got my like a friend killed and I'm going to stop him. So he runs after him. The guy, the guy's able to get away in his ship and he jumps into his, uh, his round buckler, which is called the what? The hope or something? The something of hope? Ray of hope or something? And oh, yeah, I don't remember what it's called. Shoots off and is able to just barely catch up with the ship and grab the desiccate as it uh, gets up onto the ice cap. And part of it's like Mars's, the the forces of Mars, the earth forces that are on Mars are trying to um, find the pirate ship, but can't find it because it's under the ice. And a bunch of people are like, oh, whatever, like, just let it leave. We don't want it around anyways. Why would we even want to find it? Um, And it's probably not here anyways. Well, other people are like, no, it's just, it's just hiding under the ice. It's ready to attack us again. And so when Graham comes up onto the ice, he smells the fresh air and being stuck in this city ship for so long and then on this pirate ship, he hasn't like been on the surface forever. And so he like gets out of his uh, round buckler and the, um, what, the satellites are able to see him 
and it alerts the Earth forces, forces and the uh, the ship is attacked. So he's kind of like he did like a, a bad job uh, in in some ways. Like he alerted the the forces to it, but they go out in battle and and. Uh, Vess is kind of kept in, they're in reserves. So they're kind of sitting there. She's doing research, trying to figure out about Graham uh, while this is all going on. But the round bucklers are out there, a bunch of people from pirate ships, they're fighting and they decide, well, the only way to like kind of stop them in their tracks and get the city ship to stop attacking us um, and, you know, stop, have us stop taking damage because they've even been shot by some torpedoes and stuff and taken some damage is to act, to shoot a torpedo into their, um, into one, their launch, and then that'll preoccupy them and we can escape. And so they shoot off this torpedo, which is wire-guided, and it's going, 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 and the round bucklers are able to cut the wire. And so all of a sudden it veers off. It's going to hit like a, a residential area. And Graham's not having any of that. He's like, hell no, is that going to hit like a place that I used to live and like where my friends might live? So he chases after it and like manually uh, guides it to the... Um, the launch pad, like the army or the Navy arm launch pad and blows it up. And so when he gets back to the pirate ship, he's like, yeah, I'm sorry guys. I, that was all my fault. Like, I can't believe I started the battle or whatever, but they're like, no, 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 you did a great job. And everyone's really happy. So they're pretty like excited. Um, and I can't remember again, be- beginning of this next episode or end of this episode, Vess kind of, comes to the conclusion that indeed she knows the person because the new the new image captured from the satellite of him on the surface it's like oh it's definitely him yeah it was the beginning of the episode so that was the second episode going into yep. the third episode now the third episode is a little more standalone um, it's got some things like with Vess trying to talk to Graham because what we find out is she knew him from when she was growing up on Mars they were seemingly boyfriend girlfriend uh i don't think they made it definitely clear at this point that that was the case i think they maybe it's just they were friends or whatever um but that he's kind of a connection to her old life when she was poor and she's actually it's, it's also revealed that she's uh comes from a very rich family on earth she was adopted by a family who's now in a lot of trouble financial trouble uh for some scandals and fraud and stuff like that um but from her time there, she used to like kind of hang around with Graham. So she doesn't understand. Like she's all like pretty upset about this. Like how could Graham be like a pirate when she's like fighting pirates? Like that doesn't make her feel very good. At the same time, we see Graham hanging out in the pirate ship and he's just trying to make money and he's making money everywhere it can, including off of Junior, who is really wants to be a round buckler pilot. And he is uh, basically like a, I don't know, how, do, how would you describe Junior? I don't want to say like he's like dumb or bad or whatever. Like he's just like a. He's what do they say that? What's a good word for that? He's he's like rash, right? I mean, he just he like yeah. once. He's a little over eager. Yeah, yeah. And uh, underqualified at this point. But he has heart. No. He has heart. He has ambition. But that doesn't that doesn't mean he's going to be successful. <laughs> Yeah, no, and he, he really, he does, like, simulations, he really wants to be, you know, around, like, be a pilot or whatever, and so he's, he asks uh, Graham, hey, because they, they have to, like, help out with repairing the ship, hey, can you, like, um, help me out, like, can you let me, like, pilot your round buckler, and Graham's like, yeah, sure, for 50 bucks, but, like, since 
money's not really worth anything where on the pirate ship he doesn't have any money so he like doesn't know what to do and then he sees graham and what really infuriates him is graham is making uh, a bunch of money being the cook on the ship and so he's like cooking up good food and people are paying extra money to get this like better food than what they would normally get and so that that drives me even crazier well let me let me help you i'll be your like i'll wash the dishes and i'll like prep the prep and stuff like that and, and you'll pay me and he's like yeah fine great and so it seems like it's going to take a really long, really long time for junior to um ever make the amount of money that he would get into the suit or whatever what and and what prompts him to jump into the suit i don't i think he just kind of does well, he no. just does it there well there was that scene where oh, that's right yeah when he gets all he gets all upset because yeah whatever yagami comes Reaper. in yeah. and he pretty much just straight up tells him you're never gonna be <laughs> what, yeah. what you're doing you're just you're, you just don't have it compared to graham he's like you're like a natural he wants graham to stay and then junior gets you know he huffs and puffs and runs away his, his, his ego's hurt and he wants to go make a name for himself and prove him wrong and that's when he jumps in the suit yeah and i didn't really love this scene i don't like it i don't like the idea that it's supposed to be like pure natural talent like I, i'm fine with graham being like kind of natural and a natural at this but kind of the sentiment that there's no way Junior could ever pilot a round buckler. I'm not sure I love that idea. Like he really wants to, and if he tried hard enough, it makes more. It makes some sense that the way he's going about it, he won't be. And maybe that's the point. That just by like being so rash, he's never going to succeed. Well, yeah, because um, you get you get the character of Yagami, right? Who's just, I mean, he, he's the best, and he's and he knows it, and he's full of himself, and he's absolutely right. not a good leader. So. Right. <laughs> He just shits on Junior the whole time. Yeah. So anyways, Junior jumps into um, Graham's Ron Buckler, heads off. Everyone's like, what an asshole. Graham's like, I'll go get him. And so he jumps into like a little ship and and tries to follow after him. And uh, uh, while he's heading off, while he's doing his stuff and trying to be like Ron Buckler guy, Vess and stuff, they're doing a little test in their Ron Bucklers. And they see on their radar, oh, shit. There's the there's the new um, round buckler this, this, and and who best thinks is Graham. So they kind of engage with them and is able to stop him and capture him. And Vess, thinking that it's Graham, decides I'm going to talk to him. And like oh, look at this look at this lady like trying to rehabilitate a like pirate. What a weird thing to do. Oh, is that a little? Is that is that from you, bro? That's from me. I hear Kyle's going off in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Is he there to stop it? Uh, I don't think so. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. He's going to have um, some editing to do. He's going to love so, that. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, he, but like, uh, they engage him. They, they try to like, they plug into the round buckler and kind of talk to him. And he's like, they're like, why are you doing this? Why are you being a pirate? And she's doing this really intense speech to him, kind of implying, obviously, like if it was Graham, it would he would know who she was, but she's trying not to give away to the other people that he she may know who's in the suit or whatever, and uh, and so um, they eventually he gets so anger angry junior that he like jumps on the speaker and all of a sudden Vess realizes I don't know who's in the suit like I don't know this person, and so he's able to kind of escape briefly and does a whole bunch of stuff that like kind of destroys everything. Like at some point he like flies everywhere. He's getting kind of injured. He's breaking, he's like hurting, harming his machine. At one point, uh, 
uh, Graham's able to grab him and is like, come back with me. I'm controlling you now. But they get attacked by round bucklers. And that's like a whole big to do as well as they both are like in some deep shit at that point. Um, and uh, I'm trying to figure. Oh, then, then uh, Yagami comes and helps them, right? Yeah. Yeah, he, he like kind of breaks it he up. He knocks one of the, uh, the uh, Adana round bucklers out of commission. Yeah. And so they go off and all of a sudden Vess is like, maybe I didn't know who that person was or whatever. And uh, they're able to go back. Junior's like really, really hurt uh, and has to be in hospital bay. Um, and Graham's thinking, okay, well, Junior will um, kind of has learned his lesson. But he goes to them in the hospital and he's learned no lessons at all. And that's kind of, I guess that's kind of the point of Junior is he doesn't actually learn any lessons about this. He just wants to jump into the round buckler again and kind of show everyone that he can do it. Yeah, he, I think he makes a comment that he has to he has to spend six months doing some, you know, menial task, break rocks, basically. He said, well, heck, I'll do it a year if, if I get another opportunity to ride in a round buckler. Yeah. So no, that's it, kind of right? foreshadowing he'll probably uh, have a redemption moment inside of a round buckler at a later point in the series. One, one would assume that he'll, he'll that he'll show everyone. He'll be well, one of the best. There's only 23 more episodes, so. All right. And the, okay, the fourth episode. Oh, sorry. We're not recapping all 26. <laughs> uh, so that's it. That's what we that watched. I mean, I, I did. We did look forward to the fourth one, but it doesn't seem like necessarily this is this is hugely like a battle-driven narrative. So I actually couldn't tell if there was one where we'd see like a huge amount of submarine action necessarily. We did see, you know, wire-guided torpedo and that kind of stuff in this already. So there wasn't really a reason to go and do a fourth one. I didn't think. No, I agree. I don't think we're going to see any conventional submarine combat and radar pinging and all of that uh seems like uh just more of the base camp or headquarters for our pirate group all right let's get a fresh take fresh take from uh zach you haven't been with us for anime month uh how did this one strike you so uh, you and we're know, going out of we're going out of six because it's a television series oh interesting well thank you for that i'm gonna have to well can, can i can i first and for what it's worth, we, we kind of go like on an entertainment value and we look at it less out of a critical lens. I don't know. It's it's arbit- It's just some sort it of random, is arbit- uh, metric arbitrary. we threw together. <laughs> it's out of six, though. I got it. Has there been any sixes yet? No. We gave a no, five and a half to so. Space Battleship Yamato. I think back uh, back in the day when we watched Last Resort, which is an American uh, drama uh Thriller, I guess you'd call it, on whatever it was, ABC or whatnot. I think we gave that a five and a half as well. Okay. Okay. Mars Daybreak. Um, so, right off the bat, I'm going to say, I don't know if you guys have ever played the game called The Bouncer. Any listeners out there? Um, if you've played it, I really think the main character, well, yeah, I think he's the main character. Graham River looks exactly like Sion. He was one of the main characters from The Bouncer. Did you guys ever play that on the PS2? No. Did what kind of game is it? It's 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 kind of like an anime game. It's um, but it's an RPG. You have I think it's three or four different characters. Um, 
that you can pick to play through levels with. And then, you know, depending on who you pick kind of um, alters the, the storyline and then you can replay the game in multiple playthroughs with different characters and so forth and level them up through the standard tier system, right? A, B, C, D, and then S tier is always the best. And then you fight against a villain named Duragon C. Mikado. Um, it's just a great game. Great that game. That sounds fun. Yeah. PS2. Just a turn, turn-based RPG? No, not turn-based though. Um, so you you would fight, but then you would like uh, you'd fight these bad guys. Oh, what are they called? Mikado. Well, it was Dirk on C Mikado, and in, I can't think of what his like foot soldiers were called. But um, no, it was just fun. It, it was just one of those okay. early PS2 games, right? Like the PS2 came out, and this game was like, holy crap! It was, it was awesome. Anyways, the whole point of that is just saying that Graham River looks exactly <laughs> like the main character from that, named Sion Barzad. Um. But this anime, you know, I'm not a huge anime guy, but I definitely, I enjoy them for the most part. I like watching them. This one appears lighthearted. And it's kind of like what you were just saying at the end of your recap, Jamie, about how you're not really feeling like there's a big battle coming on or anything like that. Like in these first three episodes, I mean, we got through three episodes and the entire series is only 26 episodes long. And there wasn't any... I mean, I didn't get a sense of any, like, large impending doom or some, like, fear of death happening with any of these characters, right? Did you guys? No. That seemed no, like I mean, they're, they're safe. Yeah, I mean, if you're, you know, you think about something like, a, I mean, granted, it's newer and more popular, but, like, Attack on Titan, I mean, that was, like, right out of the gate, people are getting ripped in half. So, this one seemed seemed lighthearted. Uh, definitely seemed not not super bloody, not gory, not a ton of um, like sexual jokes, inappropriate stuff like that. Language, a lot of that. And my take on it was the review I wrote down. So it pretty much revolves around pirates stealing supplies to give to the poor, Robin Hood, Robin Hood esque, which is literally what Jamie said. Uh, then there's the government style ships that are supposed to defend against the pirates, and then you throw into the mix one guy who was doing his own thing but has a magical necklace that allows him to use the RB. And then he goes to the pirates and then he goes to the other side and we get introduced to this female character that apparently really likes him. And there's some sort of history between the two. And that kind of summed up the first three episodes, right? There's, there's no threat. No threat was looming. Um, lighthearted. And, uh, I mean, I I thought I liked it though. You know, I, I, I liked it for the most part. Mars, I thought was cool how they kind of flipped the script and said it was all like underwater. I thought that was a neat way to kind of have, you know, pirate themes and pi- like you know, that whole pirate lifestyle still, but it's still kind of like in the future and it's kind of crazy when the characters are all kind of like having a good time with each other. So you got those polarizing personalities like we talked about with Junior. Uh, we talked about with the captain, uh, what was her name? Elizabeth Liotti. You had um, uh, the, the top dog, Yagami, and um, then, you, you know, the new guy, Graham, which I thought was really funny, Jamie, that you said, reminds you of Solo, because that's, you're exactly right. That one part of the episode did seem like a lot like Solo. I think a lot of it actually kind of does. He's like, he's not supposed to care, but I'm sure in the end he'll care. And that's, he's like a, ro- I mean, I just wish he was a little more rogue, roguish than yeah. just, um, he seems just really relaxed and almost like doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's really like, nah, which wasn't the case. Han Solo never. It's not like he didn't give a shit. He gave a shit about himself, but then it, it he never wanted to let you know that he gave a shit about everyone else too. Yeah, but, but then it really worked with this with the um, Vess character though, right? Because like they apparently knew it, they have a history, but then things changed. But now they're getting thrown back into the mix, <laughs> which is literally what happens in Solo. So, um, yeah. So I kind of like that. I like the Mars stuff. 
I, I liked the underwater mech stuff. I thought that was cool. I liked that they called them RBs. You know, I mean, did we get actual submarine style action going on? Not really. We got more mechs fighting, I guess, and and relationship <laughs> forming. Um, but I thought the animation looked good. I mean, I thought it was pleasant to look at. It was 2004, so I liked it. Um, you said this is out of six. Yeah. I guess I'll give it. I mean, I was going to give it a six originally, but if this is out of six, I'm going to probably drop this down to a, I mean, I'm trying to a four, 4.5. I mean, I would yeah. be interested in watching this entire series because it's only 26 episodes. You know, some of these animes get 50, 60, 100, 100 plus 500 episodes, and it's just daunting to even begin it. But this is just 26, 22 a minute episodes. So it's doable. I, I was interested after three episodes. It definitely seemed lighthearted, kind of like a uh, sword art online kind of show. So, you know, I could have it on in the background. Um, but yeah, I'll give it a 4.5. It's a shorter little series and a tight little package. And I'm going to give a shout out here to Scott at MechanicalAnimeReviews.com. And he has a Twitter account called at MechAnimeReviews. Uh, he did a great write-up on the series as a whole, and he goes in, he goes in depth comparing and contrasting this anime and the elements within this one with a lot of the other shows and the animes from that same time period. Uh, not only from Studio Bones, but the other bigger animes from the early two thousands. Uh, it seems like a great guy. Talked about growing up watching Toonami. I did the same thing. So again, that's Scott at uh, MechanicalAnimeReviews.com. Cool. I can jump in. Do you want me to jump in? That's fine. I'm done. Okay. Um, I will say that I think in the first episode, I like a lot of the backstory, and I do like the main character. I do wish she was a little bit more um, immediately could tell he's noble. Like, I feel like when you're introduced to Han Solo, you're like, this guy's cool, and I want to be, like, friends with him, so I don't want him to be, like seem like a complete asshole and he never does he's always like funny and doing his stuff this time like it's a little slower going with our boy graham who just comes across a little bit like whatever uh which i don't like as much but i liked the best character quite a bit strong female character for our anime along with graham and a bunch of the other characters as well captain's female as well not as common uh but she definitely i mean in that sword fight if there was ever a some some you know, pulling out of a dick scenario by one of our captains. That may be up there. If I, you know, we went back to one of our listener questions in terms of who had the, you know, biggest uh, dick of all the captains we've seen. She's up mm, there. She's, she's pretty is, tough. That is a big dick move. Yeah, she's pretty tough. She's sword fighting every single person who comes on the submarine. And if you can't sword fight her well enough, like you can't even be on the crew. Pretty good. And she's like, she's tough. And, um... So I like a lot of the characters, like a lot of stuff. I do wish the fighting was a little bit better. The round buckler stuff is a little bit odd and comes up, comes across a little bit strange. Um, so just from like a submarine like battle point of view, I wouldn't say it's necessarily been as good, even of, of the last one, which I didn't even like that anime very much. But the submarine battles and stuff like that were a lot of fun. Um, here, just like a little bit lackluster, a little, really strange. And, and maybe that's a testament. I mean, in some ways, it is interesting. They made up something totally new. This idea of the round bucklers just... Uh, very odd um, uh, and different. So I guess it's good that it's different, but it's you know not necessarily what I was looking for. And it was a huge amount of tension um, to go with the battles that we were seeing. Um, but I was definitely intrigued by the backstory from the first one. 
little slow going in the second and third. So I, I can't give it like top marks. Um, but I definitely enjoyed watching it quite a bit. Um, definitely more than the last one, not as much as uh, space battleship Yamato. So I think I'm going to come in kind of in between, uh, like a four. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Uh, that's actually spoiler alert where I'm going to end up as well. Uh, my, my thoughts on it, uh, listening to you guys talk about it, I kind of thought about it as I watched this one when I started to see some of the bizarre characters and how the plot unfolded. Uh, I think it really highlighted this idea, you know, Zach, I mean, even when you're talking about the video game, like, you know, what, what we want these characters to be and be like. It's it's like there's, pro- there's probably a big challenge for... Uh, anime writers and, and, and manga writers um, to not step on the heels of, of another, you know, manga or anime out there, which I don't know if you run into the same stuff when you're making a movie. I feel like a lot of movies, you know, that are, you know, live action or whatnot can overlap, you know, they can have a, a million gangster films, but there's strangely maybe this challenge with anime where you can't have, you know, too much of an overlap because then it's kind of getting into like the the artistic, you know, intellectual property of some other, you know, anime or, or manga, you know, I was kind of like hoping for a little more pirate, you know, action and, and, and piratey characters and whatnot, if you're dealing with pirates, and I'm like, well, then if you do that, it's probably like that One Piece show, which I've never watched, but I know it's about pirates, um, so I, that's, that's kind of interesting, that was, that I, you know, what, what you're saying with uh, how the character looked like, so I mean, it's hard to not draw, you know, this character to not look like something that's already appeared somewhere else, you know, in that uh, Japanese art style. Um, so that was unique and interesting. And I thought, you know, what they're trying to do with the, the uh, of course, what putting a beluga whale in a mech suit, you're like, Oh, of course there's a beluga. Whale. Like, well, honestly, if you think about it, like they had to do, if, if they want to have a bizarre character, like that's definitely not been done before. I'd be pretty surprised. Like they went so far out of left field with that one. Uh, but talking cats and other things, I'm sure that those have been done before. But uh, I, I kind of got a sense of that with this. They wanted to do some unique things and not step on anybody's heels. And um, uh, it was fun uh, in terms of the style of the anime. It was more of the of the fun style and less of the of the dramatics and over dramatics. And um, there was some of that internal monologue stuff, but what was kind of funny with this one, it was it was less of the kind of self-defeatism that I talked about during the uh, Space Battleship Yamato. Not saying that Space Battleship Yamato had that. I said it was it steered clear of that, which is why I loved that that uh, series so much. Uh, this this steered clear of the self-defeatism as well, but it still had the internal monologues now in this one. But it was more of like uh, giving context as to what was taking place. It was, it was almost like doing handholding, which I didn't like, uh, where it was like, Oh, we missed with both our torpedoes. We're going to have to fire more. And it was like, okay, no, we get it. You know, like it was like, uh, Oh, we're, we're taking on water. You know, if we take on too much water, I'm going to, sh- I'll surely drown. Like, okay, you know, we get it. You know, like it was, it was a little too on the nose with, I think some of the, uh, internal, monologues to kind of inform us of what's taking place like i'd I'd rather see them illustrate it um literally uh as opposed to having to have the characters tell us what what's taking place in the dialogue uh but i think that's probably kind of a challenge when you don't really give any exposition you just kind of jump straight into this this, the show and uh leave it up to your 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 viewers to uh determine what's taking place and and learn about the world and whatnot so um 
it could have been done a little better, I think, uh, as opposed to kind of being obnoxious with the characters telling us what the challenge is, what the battle is. Um, like we, we can, we, we can get it. Um, but it was fun. Uh, better than uh, what we watched last week with Arpeggio of Blue Steel. Not quite as good as Spacebot Battleship Yamato. I'm going to land at a 4.0 out of 6 on this one. And that is the three of us. I think Kyle... Is, if, it, is uh, our captain back? I think our captain is back. I am back. Nice. Baby, he's back. That's, I that's, made it back. That's two backs tonight. I'm back, and, and now you're back again. Wow. Amazing. So I, I'll jump in. I don't... I don't know what you guys said, so I guess this will be <laughs> off the cuff, right? I did hear, Brom, you'd mentioned that beluga whale in the suit. That was something that I thought really bizarre. The talking cat also seems to be in animes like this. They just want to throw that in there for <laughs> literally no reason, right? Yep. I mean, what was, what was the point? I don't, I don't get it. Because we didn't get any other, up to this point, nothing else really like that we didn't see that on the planet or what not the planet the city that they were in and all that type of stuff also i would have liked a little bit more explanation if jamie hadn't told me what in god's name was going on with mars i wouldn't have known i had no clue why it was covered in water because we just jump right in and maybe we get more of that as we go on i would hope yes i would they hope so of it. They, they mentioned it when they were talking about the armistice and stuff like that but you know, yeah, they didn't they didn't dive too deep into it. Ooh, a little uh, sub pun there. And I also something that kind of I thought was funny is we always talk about these things being over-explained and going into too much depth and detail. And I was wondering, I'm like, well, I guess you'd think maybe like target audience anime, right? It's younger kids, teenagers, right? For the most part. I think there are exceptions to those things, but do they do that because they need that explanation there? I don't know. That's probably overgeneralization, I suppose. Don't hate me for it, but we do get some of that. And like you said, oh, torpedoes coming out. Let's send more. Yeah, okay, we get that. One thing that I wish that we would get explained would never happen in this was when Graham is sinking... And he ends up in the mech suit, the RB. And somebody's like, wow, how'd you get in there? He's like, I don't know. <laughs> nah, I don't and know. That's all we get. I'm like, well, perfect, right? I mean, that's all you need to say, and we never need to bring it up again. So, I don't know. Animation. Yeah, I, uh, that's kind of what I was saying. Like, if they wouldn't have wasted all this time, like, saying, like, the torpedo stuff, or I'm going to drown if the water gets too high. Like, they wasted it on the obvious stuff. They could have used some of that internal monologue to explain some of the mythos and, you know, what this necklace is and why it's on his neck. And, you know, they could speculate as to why this mech uh, surrounded him while he was drowning, you know, to, to save his life. And instead they kind of wasted it on, you know, s- semantic stuff, I guess. I don't know. And they could have let us know why that cat was talking, right? Yeah. Like, wow, dude, am I on some hallucinogenic stuff right now? And maybe that would have been, maybe that would have been cool. Or if he was the only one who heard the cat talking, and then everybody just ignored it. I mean, when it comes to talking animals and things like that, that's not too unheard of in animes. Like it just no, I mean, yeah, no reference at all. It just happens. (laughs) Right. And, yeah, is what it is. Uh, animation, I thought, you know, hey, 
pretty standard anime. Although some of it kind of like the way it looked, it made me think that maybe I had a haze coming up over my eyes. And I was like, God, what's going on here? A little like white fog over it for whatever reason. I don't know. Maybe that's what I was watching. But it was free and it wasn't like hypersexualized like last week was. So I'll give it a little bump for that. Yeah, it's always it's always good. I'm gonna come in and give this a three point seven five. Ah, I thought you were gonna come in around. There we go. Lowest one. Wow. Do you hate Do you hate Japan, Kyle? No, I actually don't. Okay. Remember, listeners, if you need to grill our uh, our El Capitan, grill him on the subreddit. Mackie Studios. Yeah, go ahead and do that. And if you're going to send hate mail, do it through our website, MackieStudios.com. <laughs> Contact we'll, us. We'll read the best ones next week. <laughs> yeah, right. great. Can't wait for it. All right. Uh, are we doing? Is there a love it or hate it? There's, there's always a love it or hate. It. Okay, do a love on. or hate it. Hit I that want, music. I, I think I want love it first. Okay. We still don't have any music? All right. No, no. Come on, man. Good things take time. One of these days. One of these days. Okay. Love it, hate it. Starting off with love it. This love it review comes from a little website called Amazon. And it's a five out of five stars from our boy, Sean. And Sean says, in 2010... A must-buy for any anime collector. The name is odd when you see it, but it's a beautiful, well-written story with everything a person could dream of. Action, drama, excitement, filled with turns left and right you won't expect in an anime. I brought it bast on something new, but... I got into it. The story begins with a simple man who doing some raiding to make ends meet. Then progress to him being a fighter and finding himself this anime. The characters all have heart and shows what they would do for the one another. How the main person in this anime finds love and what he will do to be with the one he loves. I love the ending as well. I wasn't disappointed. This We'll keep you on the edge of your seat. The voice cast is awesome. The anime is great. It's beautiful and well worth buying. I am not going to give the story away, but you'll have to take a chance, buy it, and see for yourself what I am talking about. Some anime, in the end, kills the story. This all comes together perfect. You will love watching this as much as I have. There you go. Do you, pur- do you purposely find the ones that are the most broken? <laughs> no, I don't. I um, just find the ones that I think uh, have the most heart. I, I can tell because you really, at, at certain points, it's almost like you're doing a monologue for like an acting group. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I if you're watching. An acting group, somebody gets up there and does that, and be like, what the hell was that? <laughs> yeah. I feel this like if you're watching anything. slow clap in the back. Yeah. <laughs> If you're watching anything other than something that is like, you know, arguably worthy of a 10 out of a 10 or a 0 out of a 0, you're probably going to end up with, you know, a show that's probably worth like a 7 or 8. So someone that gives it a 10 is probably going to be, I don't know, a little dumb. 
Hmm. Wow, man. Or a bot. Hey, go ahead and send hate mail to that guy. <laughs> we are going to hey, be don't, having don't it rolling deflect, in, Kyle. We all know you're the... Yeah. We'll read them. Next week's just going to be hate week. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of hate. hate month. Speaking of hate. Now, boys, my boys, there was not one absolute hate it review I could find for this show. <gasps> really? Wow. Not even joking. Wowzers. So I had to get creative. I had to get creative because this is love it, hate it after all. So there was no hate it, but if there was, it might sound like this review from a movie with the word Mars in it. This comes from Rudy Poo in 1999. I'll let you figure it out. What a terrible waste of so many good actors and actresses. I'd love to know how Tim Burton, who I personally think is without a doubt the worst director in Hollywood, slipped hmm. these folks to get them to work with him. Didn't they all see Ed Wood or his awful Batman movies? Please don't give me any garbage about deeper meanings. This movie is one of the worst I've ever seen. And I have one heck of a sense of humor, especially when it comes to bad movies. Jack Nicholson and company should file a suit to have this movie erased from existence. Thankfully, the rest of Hollywood seems to have caught up on the fact that Burton's a terrible director and writer. But I'm sure some sucker with a bottomless (laughs) bank account will put him back to work soon enough. He hated it. And that movie was... Mars Attacks. There you go. (laughs) Now that movie... It's so much fun. Dude, I How love anybody that movie. hate that movie? I know, it's ridiculous. You remember, I remember being a kid and there were all these toys that came out and I really wanted one of the guns that had yeah. like the brain inside it. I was like, oh man. That movie was a ride, dude. It had, it was a trip. It's got everybody in it, man. Jack Black's in it. He gets liquefied. Michael J. Fox, he gets liquefied. They're yeah. skeletonized. <laughs> Don't, Pierce Brosnan and uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah, yeah. Danny DeVito. Do they, do they get liquefied? No, Sarah Jessica Actually, Parker gets her head put on a chihuahua, and the chihuahua head put on her body. And Pierce Brosnan's head's just hanging the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That movie. That's great, dude. <laughs> Anyways, that's love it, hate it. 10 out of 10. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Um, I didn't again these for these uh, uh, anime. It's sometimes hard a little bit to get to trivia for any of them, just because there's not a lot of trivia put online. Um, probably in Japan, they know a bunch of stuff about it, but here IMDb doesn't have much. So instead, I'm going to dive right into the trivia, like the Jeopardy trivia. So you guys ready? This is Mars oh, yeah. centric yes. trivia. So who wants to go first? Kyle, since you gave the worst, okay. the lowest review, you're going to go first. Yeah, I'll go. 400, right. uh, 800, 1,200, 1,600, 2,000. Go ahead and give me t- uh, 1,200. 1,200, good one. Okay. Strangely, in 1984, an ancient meteorite thought to be from Mars was found on this continent. What is Antarctica? Yes. $1,200. Nice. All right. And next is Brom. Right. Right. Give me 1,069. Okay. 1,600. 
at over 15.5 miles high, the Martian mountain known as Olympus Mons is the largest of these in our solar system. Volcanoes. Yes. All right. Zachary. Hit me with 2,000, baby. <gasps> That's a tough one. Because using a U.S. Navy telescope in 1877, Asaf Hall discovered the two moons of Mars and named them this. Oh, God. Um, I know I, it. Um, I'm going to just take a shot in the dark. Let's say... Let's say... Mustard and ketchup. Good guess. Very close. It is Phobos and Deimos. Yeah. Did you know that off the top of your head? Uh, actually, I did. From uh, from I'm a I'm a major nerd, and I'll just say huh. I I utilized it during some narratives I wrote with Dungeons and Dragons. Interesting. You are a major nerd. I am. Okay. Hmm. I you know guys, I think I quit the podcast. <laughs> Uh, okay, so who uh, who wants to go next? I mean, because there's only two left. I guess we gotta get we got Kyle. We gotta we're give come Zach back to you. another chance, right? Yeah, Zach's gotta get, get another that chance. Guy a chance to get some points. Okay, we're gonna go back around. Zach, you're up. Well, what else is left? Four hundred, eight hundred. That's it. Uh, eight hundred. In 1895, astronomer Percival Lowell argued that the straight lines on Mars' surface were these. Um. <laughs> it, what, what year was this? 1899? 1895. 1895. So the lines and argue that they were this. Um, I mean, man, I don't know. Uh, is it some, 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 some sort of a like build, like buildings or something? Like, or like some sort of constructed something? I don't know. Construction of does some it, sort. Does anyone else know? Anyone else know? What are roads? Nope. What so are think rivers? Of Close. So that's the mm. idea. So the idea is that they were created from the ice caps, and uh, they're the straight lines that go down. So they're kind of a combined, like, what's a constructed river? Hmm. Aqueduct? Canal? Canal. There we go. Mm. And then the largest of these on Mars is Hellas. Planitia, more than 1,300 miles wide. It's gotta be a crater. And 3.78 miles deep. Yeah. I think Brom kind of mumbled it. It's a crater. Crater. That wasn't That's a me, big that was crater. Zach. It's a big crater. Give, I'll and give that to Zach. Just to finish it up with a little phantom zoom. Engage the phantom. These are actually pretty easy just because of how much the uh, voice actors in these kind of things like work in the end. As long as I have the IMDb, uh, you know, to reference off of, it can take a second. So this one, uh, Mary Devon is in this. She actually plays a character called Anna Grace, which I, I'm not sure. It's, it's hard to tell whether we were introduced to her. She may have been the other um, security force lady, but hard to tell. Um, but she's in Batman and Mr. Freeze Sub-Zero. A little pun on Sub there. That was a great uh, one. 
with WGBS reporter Summer Gleason in that. And I've used that, I've used that a bunch of times to get out of these animated ones. Um, so is that, and, um, it's actually, I mean, having watched this is kind of interesting because I don't know if you knew this guys, but like, uh, Ed Harris had like a fascination with Mars. It's like, it's, it's one of his passions in life. It's astronomy. Um, and, and Mars being forefront of that. I mean, Venus is a close second, but Mars is number one, obviously. And he is, uh, one of the things he wanted to do is he wanted to make a, movie about going to mars but he was only going to do it if they actually sent him to mars and so they did that movie's coming out next year i can't wait to see that that's gonna yeah, be pretty no, good he was, the, he was the first man who ever stepped on mars I'm, i guess technically they're still filming it but question uh, jamie is mm-hmm. summer gleason related to autumn reeser uh well no they have different last names oh shoot well they had like seasons for that their name though you're saying first names are what are tying them yeah. together? Yes. Um, so yes. All right. They're related. And if uh, if anyone wants to donate to our Patreon, we'll uh, if we find out that Autumn Reeser is on Cameo, we can have her do our intro to our podcast. That would be kind of amazing. That would be sweet. Ed Harris is not on there, right? Unfortunately, no. We have a lot of uh, David David Dikov. Ooh, that would be a good one well, to we check. We didn't even look guy. him up. Love well, we guy. found a bunch of people on there. Billy Fickner was on there. Yeah, he was. I wonder if you're allowed to make it an intro to a podcast, like legally. That's a good question. I thought about that, too. I don't know. Maybe yeah, our listeners will hop on one day and we'll be, uh, we'll be rolling in those uh We got deep pockets, so we can handle a lawsuit. It's fine. <laughs> Yeah, David if you want to Cam- donate uh, simultaneously to our cameo fund and our lawsuit fund, yeah, do we'd it appreciate it. Probably more to the lawsuit fund, but whatever. All right, who's up? Okay, it's time. It's it's sub sub world world wide wide wide. So, I know the segment is subs worldwide, but. This show didn't necessarily focus so much on the submarines. It focused a lot on beluga whales, talking <laughs> cats. I'm just kidding. It's not beluga whales worldwide. Uh, they focused on those dive suits, right? The uh, RBs, round bucklers. And I thought there's got to be something similar to that, right? Not necessarily a mech fighting unit, but there has to be some kind of underwater suit very similar to that. So, I looked up what is commonly referred to as atmospheric diving suits. You guys ever heard of these? I think so. Uh, are those the big bulbous ones? They are very good. That's why they call you the ointment. That's right. I'm always on it. You are. So, what these suits do, like Jamie mentioned, they are very bulky, large type of diving suits, and they give you a safe environment so that you can go down and be at a normal atmospheric pressure while you're diving so you don't have to decompress or you don't have to have a lot of experience going into deep sea diving. But one of the limitations is because they are so darn bulky, you lose dexterity that you usually have, uh, like your hands or anything like that. So if you're trying to collect samples, I think they've worked ways around it where you can get little pinchers you know that uh you know pinch do whatever different attachments for the hands might be kind of fun but not really going to use your hands too much 
uh, outside of this thing. Uh, there are several types of suits that are currently being used. The uh, new, the newt suit, hard suit, newt. and the wasp. And I just, I just did a little bit of history uh, digging on these things. So the first iteration of one of these dive suits was created in that year is not correct. Gosh. <laughs> oh, it's our captain. My year is not correct. I know. Yeah, I'm really screwing this up here. Anyways, I want to say it was the 1700s. Let me look here. I apologize. <laughs> this is great podcasting. It's super great podcasting. Yeah. What was the year that you thought that was listed that you put on there? Uh, 1975. Not even close. All right. The year is 1715 that the mm. first one was created. Uh, much, much earlier than 1975 by John Lethbridge. And this one sounds a little bit dangerous. He made a barrel, which essentially has a porthole in it. You can look out and has sealed arms, and you could dive to down to sixty feet. Uh, there was another suit invented by the French in eighteen eighty two, and it looks pretty darn cool. It is on display at a museum. It's got a lot of uh, like that steampunk type look to it. Unfortunately, it was not really functional. And you would have had to have been super buff to use this because it weighed in at a whopping 830 pounds. And the most current type, as I'd mentioned, there are several, uh, the Newt suit. And there are a few variations of it. These were invented in 1987 by Phil Nutton. I don't know how to really pronounce that properly. And it does allow divers to submerge the newt suit does to 1,000 feet. You can stay underwater for about six to eight hours. And if things do go sideways and get a little dicey down there, there is an emergency backup that can allow you to stay down there for 48 hours which would probably be pretty rough. Uh, but I guess it's better than dying, right? And these are also known as hard suits. So there's kind of some discrepancy here because I saw, oh, we've got the newt suit, the hard suit, and the wasp. But they're kind of using the uh, newt suit and hard suit as the uh, same terminology here. And one of them was used in 1995 to recover the bell from the Edmund Fitzgerald. And the U.S. military, in combination with a company, Ocean Works, came up with the AD-2000, which is a suit, hard suit like these, that can dive up to 2,000 feet, has some thrusters on it so you can move around underwater and be super badass. And with the development of the suit, how much do you guys think the U.S. Navy would have spent on something like this? What year was it? Uh, this would have been mid two thousands. Hundred fifty thousand dollars. Just for inflation, forty two dollars. Okay. I heard a hundred thousand dollars, forty two dollars, anywhere two hundred fifty thousand dollars, five million, two hundred five million. Okay, uh, one hundred and thirteen million dollars were spent <laughs> on this project. 
It's yes. a project, right? Sorry. I thought you meant the suit. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're right. Sorry. Sorry, Jamie. The project. Uh, there are some really cool photos on Gizmodo, and we will post the link to that. You'll be able to see all the iterations of these atmospheric diving suits. They're pretty darn cool looking, but I don't necessarily know how practical they are, but they're there. You can use them for stuff. So Kyle, did you know that I have, so I have a website, it's called badmovietwins.com, that's badmovietwins.com, mm, and we watched a it. movie once called Alone in the Dark, which is based on a video game directed by U-Bowl, and uh, in that, Newtco, who makes the Newt suit, was featured in it, and it's like a little submersible in it. Really? I, if I'm remembering correctly, I have to, I, I may not be, I'm pretty sure that was the movie that had the Newtco as like a um, special thanks at the end because they were, you, they had a little submersible on it. Wow. That is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. That name just rang a bell. Newtco. Ooh. The Edmund Fitzgerald bell? Well, it, it definitely rang that bell at some point. But oh, it also yeah. rang my bell. And I rang my bell. Ring my bell. I said, it's about all we can sing. Okay. And my voice is so spot on that uh, I'd probably get picked up by the uh, the auditors out there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Definitely. Sounded just like it. Thanks, oh. Brom. Thanks a lot, right. man. I, I stopped. I stopped. There was like one. That was only like one and a half seconds. I think we're good. Okay. All right. And. Zach, you said you got some news for us tonight? Yeah, I got some news. Some hot off the presses. This was today from cpowermagazine.org. Our boy, Richard Burgess, who is a senior editor, wrote an article titled Navy Funds Development of New Sono Buoy to Track Quiet Submarines. So this is coming out of Arlington, Virginia. Apparently, the U.S. Navy is developing a new sono buoy to enhance its ability to track newer and more quieter subs uh, this was from a july 20th defense department contract announcement it turns out the um office of naval Re- research was they were awarded the company undersea signal systems inc of columbia city indiana a certain number of million of dollars which you guys can all guess here shortly to develop and this is a quote, to develop a prototype sonobuoy known as Extended Range Directional Frequency Analysis and Recording, the E-R-D-I-F-A-R, to address new and quiet threat submarine targets. Um, So these are supposedly going to be way more advanced than those used during the Cold War anti-submarine operations. Um, so what, how much do you think this company got? Government contract to make a sonar buoy? Yes. An advanced sonar buoy. Um, All right. Adjust for inflation, uh, 42. (laughs) Oh, it's a three year base contract, by the way. Okay. Uh, what's 42 I'm gonna times say, 3? I'm going to say... Oh, man. I'm going to say... It's also defense spending, right? So, up it. Oh, man, they prob- it's probably like a $350 million contract. 
Okay, so Ben had 42. Kyle had 350 million. Jamie? Uh, 126. All right, so we are going with a big fat 28.3 million. Oh, contract. man. Work is ex- Jamie wins. Work is expected <laughs> yeah. to be completed in July of 2024 with these new develop- newly developed Sono buoys. Did they say how much R&D is going into making them look like uh, little icebergs or floating rocks <laughs> or something like that? It unfortunately did not say that. It did not say that. Man. But I don't know if these are going to be the, um, I mean, like the para-dropping older ones, like when they just drop them out of airplanes or what uh, the specs are going to be about. I mean, again, this was just awarded, what, literally today. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we'll check back in on this in a year or two. Did they mention anything about how they're going to use robotic birds as drones to uh, survey the area from uh, the air? So you kind of just tapped into a Zach fact there, Kyle. But yeah, they just talked about they're going to spend roughly out of the twenty um, out of that twenty eight million twenty six million is going into the development of robotic birds, and then okay, the good. buoys should only cost you know roughly a million or two. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, because it's just a buoy. So. Yeah, because ultimately, you know, it's it's more about the bird, right? You need to make the bird look realistic. Therefore, and if the bird's realistic, then other people think, well, there's no way a bird's going to carry a buoy. That's just that's just my eyes. So then they just stop thinking about it. Yeah, I mean that's good. <laughs> All right, it's a more of a that's mind m- game than anything. <laughs> <laughs> Twenty-eight million dollar mind game. Yeah, yeah, perfect. <laughs> well, no, that's very cool, very relevant. You know, I think it's neat. Yeah. Is that it? That's all we got for news? That's that's all I got. That's all I got, too. I che- even checked for some submarine film stuff. I didn't see anything. Not this week, at least. Did we... Have any of us seen Tom Hanks' new film? Yes. Have we? Are we waiting on that? Are we, wait, are we, are we putting a We're pin on that? We're a lot of talk about it. Okay. Okay. Not a lot of talk about it. Okay. It's available on Apple TV if you do want to watch it. I will. I will review the Apple TV service. I'll. I will say it's ass. <laughs> Damn. Uh, you get in there, and there's nothing that indicates whether something's free to watch or you have to pay to rent. And it still costs money, though. And I think the only move, uh, maybe the only movie on there is Greyhound. I'm not sure. Someone That's can free correct to watch? me. Yeah. Uh, they have a few TV series, and then everything else is. Uh, uh, pay to rent. Um, they have a lot of submarine movies, which is sweet. But I guess so. So does Google or something else you saw, Kyle? But I mean, they, uh, they had yeah. they had all the heavy hitters on there, like DOS Boot, uh, K19, U five seven one, Hunt for Red October, uh, and like they're like featured prominent prominently on there. It's pretty cool. But I think you have to pay to rent them, it's which kinda, is weird. And then. And you're still paying for the Apple service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's dumb. Classic. If I'm yeah, wrong, I, if I'm wrong, weekend, don't sue me. What'd you say? If I if I'm wrong, I don't want Apple to sue me. Oh, good. But good. at a cursory glance, I was not impressed. Well, this weekend I went through and you know, whenever you buy a movie, you get those the digital code for the digital movie yeah i think you only have like 90 days to redeem that or something stupid like All right, that. that's total garbage man i've redeemed them like 
I had a movie I bought, I don't know, probably six years ago when the code still worked. Oh, nice. Yeah. So if you've got them, just try redeeming them. They'll probably work. Um, Redeem anyways, them if you got I them. Anyways, I went through and I can, I've got like an Android TV. And so a lot of these redeem to my phone or to my Google Play thing. And so I was like, okay, I should be able to pull these up. And I was having problems with it. But anyway, I got in there, got it all fixed. And I was looking down through the other movies I can rent. And through the subjects, you know, it's got, okay, this is crime-based movie, horror-based movie, um, submarine warfare movie. I'm like, they know exactly who his account this is. They know what I want to watch. So that was pretty exciting. But again, those are ones you got to rent. I already own most of them. So there were a few in there, though. Then I was like, oh. We could take some tips here. Well, right. Brom, you got something? Give it to me. Tube three ready to fire, sir. Commence the countdown. Give it to me. Give it to me. All right, so... Got a countdown for you, gentlemen, uh, and listeners at home, uh, or on the road, or on the International Space Station, uh, or at the time that you're listening to this, maybe you're on Mars. Oh, <gasps> Ed, be, we know you're listening. Cool. Elon Musk and your team at SpaceX, we know you're listening right now. Shout out to you guys. Um, from Mars, uh, got a top five Mars fun facts for y'all. Uh, number five, Mars is home to the Vales Marineris or Marath. Mar- it sounds too much more like marinara sauce, but I, I could be way off. Uh, Vallis, Vallis, Marineris. Vallis. <laughs> Phallus, the phallus <laughs> wow, marinara. what is this? I mean, marinara sauce is red, so this all is adding up to me, but... Uh, I like marinara sauce. Do you guys? Yes. Yeah, it's good stuff. Sure. I like uh, cocktail sauce better. Uh, but Mars... Would the you veil- put cocktail sauce on spaghetti? spaghetti? No, 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 no. I'm just, I, if we're talking about red sauces, give me that cocktail oh. sauce. I like uh, red, red sauce you get at... Chinese buffets that you dip stuff in. Is it sweet and sour? Is that what that is? Oh, yeah. yeah. This stuff's very good. That's a good red sauce. But not when you put it in pasta. But maybe. I don't know. Uh, I just want to say, I think the countdown segment every week, sometimes I have a pretty shitty countdown. I mean, arguably this week, probably a pretty shitty countdown. But it inspires such great discussion. And uh, (laughs) I'm pretty proud of it. This is kind of yeah. like the podcast after dark portion. I mean, we've already passed an hour and a half, so now it's just I hope, getting... You, you know there's some listeners out there that once they hear that countdown music, they're like, ah, okay, this episode's done, next one. To the ones that hang around, I salute you and thank you. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I haven't even got through number one here, or number five, rather, but uh, the, the Veils Marineris... Probably butchering that. Uh, it puts our Grand Canyon to shame. So this is the the biggest canyon on Mars. It is five times deeper, four times wider, and twenty times longer than our Grand Canyon. So that is going to be one heck of a tourist attraction uh, in a few years when we're uh, colonizing Mars. 
That's huge. Because I don't know if you've ever been out to the Grand Canyon, but that is when you just stand there and look at it. It's grand. It's quite grand. And then (laughs) when you walk down it, there's all these signs that say, remember, if you walk down, you must come back up. And you're like, (laughs) okay. And then you get to the bottom, you're like, my God, (laughs) I got to walk up that again. Yeah. Good times, man. I haven't been. Heard heard great things and can't imagine what that is multiplied by what a factor of four or five probably to to see what they have on Mars. But uh, hopefully someday we'll have some uh, of our descendants touring well, the Vales Mariners. We're going to be out there. Hopefully. We'll see. And I'll probably run into one of our college uh, classmates like I did at the bottom of the Grand Canyon the other year. <laughs> we'll probably be out at that new one. That sounds like a story for another time, Kyle. It really is. All right. Uh, number four, <clears throat> I don't know if we talked uh, during my Japan fun facts when we had Japan Movie Month. Anime is so prevalent in Japan and abroad that there are over 125 voice acting academies in Japan. There are currently zero on Mars. <laughs> Damn, oh, wow. dude. Wow. Unbelievable. Well, now you, you know what? Mars. You know now there's one. I just found it. Oh, did you? What's it mm-hmm. called, though? What are you going to name it? Uh, Jamie's Magical Mars uh, <laughs> Voice Academy. <laughs> I love it. Uh, had to sub that one in after Jamie stomped on my Olympus Mons trivia. Oh. Uh, number three, though. Humans cannot survive on Mars. Don't know if you guys know this. Hmm. Uh, its average temperature is negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Its air pressure, or atmosphere, is only 1% that of Earth's. Oh, tough. And the air is 95% carbon dioxide, 3% nitrogen, and 1.5% argon. No oxygen? Did you say any oxygen at all? No oxygen. Oh. There might be some in the periphery there, but uh, nothing that's been tracked there. Wow. Well, I don't like that. Those, those temps are nothing that Jamie and I no, can that's fine. handle. I can handle that. The 1% atmosphere, not ideal. Uh, the no oxygen, I mean, that's just, that's that's ridiculous. Come on, Mars, Mm -hmm. get your shit together. I guess at the equator of Mars, it is, uh, it averages around 80 degrees Fahrenheit there. So that sounds sounds pretty habitable. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the length of day is only like 37 minutes longer than ours. So it's not even like, uh, that big of a change of pace. Yeah. Well, wait, it's longer than it is here? Yeah, 37 minutes longer, I think. What's going to be 1337 at some point? I guess so. Ugh. I don't have to do. <laughs> Can't handle that. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, never mind, Mars. Sorry. Yeah, dude. I don't want to we'll, buy we'll a new find, G-Shock. We'll find somewhere else. What is the watch even going to do? It's not going to do anything. It's not going to work for me. You have to get like a special weird Mars watch with an extra yeah. 37 minutes. I bet that already exists. A Mars watch? Yeah, you know it does. I know. All right. Number two, there are currently 12 man-made objects on Mars. The 13 rover. if you count that voice studio. That's true. I mean, I haven't Well, do you have anything yet, down there? Or is it just like uh, you just have the, the deed drawn up? Got the deed. Um, Ed's obviously going to be setting some stuff up when he gets there. Um. It's been in the plans, been in the works. All right. 
and finally, number one, in 1997, NASA was sued by three men for invading Mars. The men claimed that they had inherited Mars from their ancestors 3,000 years ago and therefore owned it as private property. I don't believe him. How did, how did that suit turn out? I have no idea. I actually looked at numerous uh, uh, Mars Fun Facts websites, and only one had that fun fact, and there was no additional information. But I'm like, well, it is fun, so I will throw it on mine. So I'm sure there's a story out there. Uh, you guys can look it up. But those are my top five Mars Fun Facts. Okay. They were fun. Beautiful. And for listeners that would like to uh, tune in next week, we will be reviewing the anime Full Metal Panic. So go ahead and check that out. We'll be talking about that. But that is it for my segment tonight, guys. When you come in, Zach Facts, it's Zach Facts. When you're going down, get some Zach Facts. When you're going down. Bam. If you're still listening, get ready for the cherry on top. Over under, guys. Three and a half facts tonight. What do you guys think? Under. Oh, yeah, we're under that. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go under as well. Ooh, ooh, I like that. Good job, boys. I've got three, <laughs> three. <laughs> oh, yes, three facts for you. Fact number one: the show wanted to come off as edgy, so every character's name includes letters from other popular anime titles. <laughs> Uh, wow, uh, man. Yeah. It is okay. edgy. <laughs> Their legal team has to be just working nonstop. Mm hmm. Fact. All right. Number two. The studio Bones, they had to rush getting Mars Daybreak out in order to beat their competitor, Studio Armpit. And their show, Jupiter Nightfall. Wow. I believe it, man. Because what are you going to watch? Everybody knows Mars is so close, right? Mars Daybreak, Jupiter Ascending. Now, Jupiter Ascending is actually... I mean, these are all things. Get it? But, what? Uranus. Okay, let's get this wrap this this show up. (laughs) Fact number three. Now, Kyle, you you mentioned you really liked you liked the um the the, what was the name of that character you loved? The blue whale. Oh yeah, yeah. And his name was Poi Poiter. Poi Poiter. Fans loved Poi Poiter. I'm gonna say it again. Poi Poiter. I just love saying that. Pop those peas. Fans loved Poi Poiter. <laughs> Good lord. Cracking myself up. Fans loved Poi Poiter so much. He's got a brand new Netflix stand-up comedy special titled I'm Not a Fish. Poi Poiter explains it all. There you go. Wow. Like like Clarissa explains it all. You get it. Poi Poiter. 
Yeah. And the overabundance I'm of Netflix, Netflix stand-up comedy specials. Yeah. Do you guys want to hear a 60-second story about the young life of Brahm? Yes. All right. I, you've got 60 seconds. 60 go. seconds. Starting. Now. 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 All right. Uh, I had a crush on Melissa Joan Hart when I was, whatever, you know, five years old or whatnot. And uh, Clarissa Explains It All was on TV. And I was going through a phase where I would kiss images of the girls that I had crushes on. <laughs> so she was on the TV, you know, big old CRT, you know, TV back in the day. And uh, one episode came on and I don't know, I was just I was just in a mood and I kissed the crap out of the television screen. <laughs> And, uh, you know, being a child, didn't think about the, the, the implications or consequences of doing this. So uh, the day went on. Uh, eventually, my mom found the television uh, after it had been turned off with just all of these lip marks, you know, oily <laughs> little lip marks all over the screen. And I honestly don't remember too much because I was too young. But uh, I know I got chewed out and... Uh, I, I guess I was probably embarrassed at the time, but uh, that, uh, that's, my, that's my time. I, my time's up. Thank you for listening to Submersion. Don't forget to subscribe for new episodes every Thursday. If you like what you heard, please leave us a rating wherever you listen. Want to interact with us? Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We also love to get messages from all of you. If you have a suggestion, a comment, or just anything you'd like to share, please email us at maceaststudios at gmail.com.